Welcome to the Sports Nut Sports Betting Zone podcast with Kenny White. That's right, the Wizard of Odds, Kenny White with us here. Brought to you by Kenny White Sports, home of the power ratings at KennyWhiteSports.com. you got to check that out, folks. It's fantastic, and the power ratings are kicking butt. Kenny, welcome. Hope you're doing all right out there. Uh, let's get started. Question number yeah, one. It's great. Uh, the uh, college basketball season has been a lot of fun, and the conference tournaments were uh, probably some of the best that I've had ever. The power ratings have held up, and uh, the dogs are barking. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome, man. That's great. I, I love it. I love that you're having that kind of success with the power ratings because guess what? I got those power ratings and I'm using them and I'm following Kenny White. We want to be profitable, folks. Got to be profitable as a sports better. Kenny can help you with those power ratings. All right. First question. Let's get into it. Did the committee get it right with their seating or or is there anything that stands out to you that you think they screwed up on? Yeah, you know, there was... uh... Every year you're going to have teams that should have gotten in that didn't get in and teams that got in that shouldn't have gotten in. And then you'll have some teams that are overrated. and you know. But, but as a whole, like I said, I was talking to somebody yesterday and said, I think Virginia Tech had a horrible seat at number 11. Right. That, that's a team that just won the ACC Conference Tournament. They've been on fire at the end of the year. You know, I have them a top 15 team. They're that good. Right. And I have, I have them number thirteen in the country, and they're they give them an eleven seed, the thirteenth best team in the country. How could you do that? And I said they should have been at least going off off records and what everybody's done a six seed. And then I said, well, if they were a six seed, oh my gosh, that means Texas, who they're playing as a six seed, really got a raw deal, and Texas has got to play Virginia Tech in the first round. So it works out both ways that both teams get a bad deal when they when they when the seeding is bad uh wisconsin's the other team that i'm sure a lot of people have pointed out they were the luckiest seed ever i have no idea <laughs> no, i couldn't get that either get three, how could they get a three seed and get to play in milwaukee uh, it's it's like somebody on the committee bet wisconsin to win the win the midwest championship <laughs> you know before it started it's it's crazy that that kind of stuff happens uh but you know i let me ask you this. Are these number one seeds that are out there, which are Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Kansas, who's in the most danger of not making the Final Four out of those four? Oh, easily Baylor. Yeah. It's not even not even close. Um, you know, they lost uh, their starting center, JTT, uh, six weeks ago. They played through it, obviously. Um, but their their best their leading scorer LD Cryer has been out for an extended period of time. Not sure if he's coming back. Uh, they're a little short on depth. Out of the four top teams, they're the shortest in depth, and they're the weakest of the four number ones. Right, right, and and you know, and I agree. I was surprised that they got that. Do you think Duke should have had one of the number one seeds? Uh, Duke was very good. Yeah, they. Um, I, I yeah, I would definitely put them on there. The team I thought. It, and it, you know, it's just—it's so impossible. And I, and I don't know if I've ever been this far off with a team. And I don't know if I'm off or not. I hope I'm not. Right. But Iowa, Iowa, Iowa is my number two team in the entire country. 
they have they have just been I've watched them play too I know I've watched Gonzaga Gonzaga play and I've watched Iowa play and I've watched Baylor play I've watched Duke play I've watched all these number one teams play I've watched Auburn looks like they're a number one team when they're playing at home oh yeah <laughs> yeah but when they're playing on the road no they're not I've watched Villanova play they're an outstanding team but I think Iowa's as good with the eyeball test and with the power ratings as good as anybody in the country and you know, they got a five seed, and they were penciled in as a five seed before they won the Big Big Ten tournament, which I don't understand. If, the, the, why didn't they not jump to at least a four seed after winning? They they had to win four games in a row, and the fourth game was four games in four days, and basically playing at a neutral home for Purdue. It was in Indiana, and it was all Purdue fans in the stands. Right. So they were playing four games in four days on the road at Purdue and still beat them. Right. And did and did not move. They stayed at number five. That that was shocking to me. And, you know, I'm watching it closer because I have five tickets on Iowa. I've got 125 to 1, 100 to 1, 100 to 1, 80 to 1, and 50 to 1 Whew. tickets on Iowa to win it all. And I just keep betting them. I still think there's value at 28 to 1, and I think they are right now. Now, so that leads us into the 5-12 matchups, which Iowa and Richmond are one. And there are a lot of guys out there that I know, some that you know, that are taking the points. Right now, it started this morning at 10.5. It had gone down to as low as 8.5. It is now back up to 10.5. I know a guy who's got Richmond plus 10 he thinks they're going to cover. They have been pretty hot down the stretch, but they're playing Iowa. You think Iowa blows them out? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, okay. Even as high as I have Iowa rated, mm-hmm. uh, my number, my personal number on this game was nine and a half. I thought nine and a half was the number. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe I may need to move this down because of the emotions of playing four games in four days and winning the Big Ten Championship's going to take something out of you. Right. I thought maybe I should take something out, and then I went back and looked at Richmond, and they did the same thing. They played four games in four days and won their conference tournament, and they were not in, so they were on an emotional roller coaster that the only way they could get into this tournament was by winning their conference tournament, and they did it. So right. both teams are kind of equal, I guess, in that, that situation of that uh, mental state going into this game. I, th- I love Iowa, just the... Uh, Keegan Murray looks like he's the best player in college basketball right now. He can do so many things. At six foot eight, he can shoot it, rebound it, pass it, does does everything. Plays good defense. And then his his twin brother Chris, right, is a pretty darn good player. And next year, <laughs> Chris Chris Keegan will probably be one of be one of the ten best players in college basketball. And then you've got all these sharpshooters around him with Jordan Bohannon and uh, the son, the the coach's sons. Uh, they, they, this is a really good basketball team. They got several other guards too that can, uh, you know, get to the basket and, and, and score. They're they're a very good basketball team. What do you think of these other five twelve map matchups? You got UConn um, and New Mexico State, Houston and UAB, and then of course St. Mary's uh, going to play the winner of the Wyoming Indiana game. Uh, one of these they're going down. Yeah, I would say so. I, I agree with you. Uh, Connecticut's had a great year. But New Mexico State throws so many different looks at you defensively. They're very well coached. Uh, this is a team that wins 30 games year in and year out. Obviously, they're, they don't come as high of a, of a, uh, um, a conference, but 
they know how to win games. Right. So they're dangerous. Teams that know how to win, it doesn't matter at time March Madness time. So New Mexico State's going to be very dangerous for them. And you're right. Uh, you know, Indiana Wyoming is going to be a great game. Um, Indiana with their defense. I think would be a much better uh, fit against St. Mary's, but you know what? Wyoming's got stars, and they're good, and uh, they can make things happen. St. Mary's is awfully good. I really like St. Mary's. I, I think that one, that one, St. Mary's is moving on, and I think St. Mary's is good, uh, good enough. St. Mary's would be one of my surprise teams to make it um, to the, the Elite Eight. They're that good. So okay. okay, so they, we, they, we beat, they beat the Zags. They beat the number one team in the country. Right. They played them, played them, played them pretty solid the second time around too, and the third time, or the the third time in the conference tournament. So yeah, St. Mary's is one of my teams that I think could actually make a big move here. Uh, Four thirteen, just because there's been some upsets there, and I didn't go to the three fourteen. Providence, South Dakota State, is that an upset possibly in the making? That Dak State is tough, man. Yeah, I'm looking for it. Oh boy, are they ever? They they shoot the three ball better than anybody in the country. Um, they are a fun, exciting team. I have bet them over so many times this year because you're, when they go up against somebody who loves to run and is good on offense, uh, they're gonna they, they they're scoring, they're putting points up, and uh, they're fun to watch. They they lost one of their best players. Uh, I don't know six weeks ago and. Uh, they haven't missed a beat, and they just continue to shoot threes. They just another guy stepped up off the bench and continue to make threes, and uh, I, that's that's good. That's a dangerous basketball team. You're right; they're very, very good. Don't you just love this time of year, man? Isn't it great? Yeah. You know, I love it. as much as I love Iowa. Well, on the first brackets that I was seeing, I was telling you Iowa was number five. Right. I kept seeing Iowa against San Diego, uh, South Dakota State. Iowa and South Dakota State on a lot of the lot of the bracketologist brackets, and I'm thinking, oh no, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. And then when they when they won the Big Ten championship, I thought, well, they're not playing South Dakota State now because they're moving to at least a four seed, maybe a three seed. And they didn't move when I saw there were a five. I thought, oh boy, here we go, South Dakota State, and they didn't. They they moved South Dakota State down one slot from a 12 to a 13. Right. So, <laughs> glad about that. All right, uh, we're the Sports Not Sports Betting Zone podcast with. Kenny White, the Wizard of Odds, KennyWhiteSports.com. Kenny, tell us what's going on at Kenny White Sports. People need to get on the bandwagon now, do they not? Yeah, yeah, right now, today, let's get in here before the, the uh, conference, before the conference, before the NCAA tournament starts. Um, I get to, I'll send you my bracket, uh, handwritten bracket that I've, I've marked all the way out with the point spreads, I think, that the, the favorite will be in those games. Woo. And also, you get the power ratings, and you get all my picks in the NCAA tournament. One hundred dollars. Actually, it's ninety-nine, ninety-nine. We'll say it's a hundred. It's go to KennyWhiteSports.com, upper right-hand corner, little arrow. Click on that box. You got up to uh, register for the site as a user before you can pay the hundred dollars to get all the great information at Kenny White Sports. But it'll be right there in the inbox every day, folks. You got it right there, KennyWhiteSports.com. You got to do that. He he is fantastic. All right, Kenny. Let's uh, let's move on to here. I've got, I've got a betting question for you. Do you change your betting habits during the tournament? And I'm talking about a guy like me who likes to live bet a lot. Is this a point in time where I need to be careful with my live betting during this tournament? Well, it depends on what, what way you're going with your live betting. Um, a lot of overs, a lot of overs and unders. Oh, okay. Well, the totals are the totals are really good to uh, 
focus in on because when teams score a lot early, there you know you you expect that to slow down and that total gets you know moved up 10 points. You got to remember this is the NCAA tournament. It's do or die. Teams uh, are, are one team's going home, the other team's moving on. That's a lot of pressure on both teams, and scoring is a little bit lower in the NCAA tournament than it is in the regular season. Almost almost four points per game. So. I would I would love looking for unders and right. the games start out really fast, um, especially teams that are not supposed to score a lot of points. So if we're looking at like a Texas Tech, Montana State, and we're not expecting a lot of points, but they get off to a, a 14 to 10 start, five minutes into the game or four and a half minutes of the first break, right? And that totals 134, and now it's 142 and a half. I'm looking to jump on a total like that under because I know. Texas Tech's defense is going to start start to shut down Montana State sooner or later. So okay. that totals that, that kind of a total gets overinflated. The other thing is, I'm looking for teams to come back. I'm looking for a team like a if if Texas Tech gets off to a ten to two run early, and their number now gets pushed way up. I'm looking at maybe bet Montana State because there's so much time still left in these games. And right. Also, I'll be looking at bet Montana State late in the game if they're down fourteen. Because these teams come flying back, and that's why it's March Madness. You see so many great comebacks in these games. So know that we're going to get great comebacks, and you should be on them when they're happening. So I think my betting habits might change a little bit as, as far as that's concerned. Maybe looking at first-half live betting, because most of my live betting in college basketball this year has been in the second half. And maybe now I change that because you made some very good points. You know, a team gets off to a hot, hot start, uh, you know, and it pushes that number up. Yeah, take the, take the under because in eventuality it's going to level up. All right. Tournament talk over. Baseball lockout is over, Kenny. Oh, God, I'm so excited about this. But now that the, you know, everybody's reporting to spring training, the pitchers have not had the same amount of work that they normally would have. Uh, in a normal spring training. So I think, and I'm wondering what, what you think, will there be an abundance of scoring early because of that lack of spring training for the pitchers? Now, it's a great question. And I think the, the this is the age-old saying, pitchers are always ahead of hitters. Right. So the pitchers, I think, still will be ahead of the hitters. They just will not pitch deeper deep into games and they don't pitch deep into games anymore most of the time a starter goes six innings right i'm expecting most starters now to go five right if, they, if, a, if a coach gets five good innings out of a starter he's probably going to his bullpen right away and to finish that up so they're so used to it at, at, at least managing that bullpen for the three innings one more inning's not going to hurt him so if all the pitchers are ahead of the hitters I think it's going to be actually lower scoring games uh, to start the season. Really? Okay. That's yeah. very interesting. Very interesting to me. I, I, and I was thinking, you got to watch that because it just depends on the bullpens too. Because you be, could be looking at an under game and all of a sudden you get into the late innings and if you know the bullpen falls apart, especially since now you still got to pitch the three batters before you can come out of the game. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, you do want to make sure that you have good bullpens if you're looking to bet under. And I, you know, I'm not really even sure if I'm looking to bet under right away because the totals may all be 
we never we never know. It's like, right. I could say, I'm going to go bet every game under, but then the books make them all sevens, and we're like, wait, there's DHs, and there's a DH in the National League right. now, so yeah. they can't be sevens, but... So we don't know if the books make them too high, then we're going under. If the books make them too low, we're going up, going over probably. You brought up a point, um, I, I'm sure several podcasts ago, about the collective bargaining agreement of the players. The players can now, I don't know, I haven't read this anywhere. So I'm kind of asking you about the steroid situation, that there will be no more steroid testing? Uh, you know what? That's a, a rumor, but I don't know all of the details because I have not read everything that they've talked about. Um, what I'm interested in is, are they going to enlarge the bases eventually for stolen bases? Have you heard this? I heard they were enlarging the bases at AAA. Yeah, well, that, that, for, for, all, for all long affiliates, and I guess that's for safety of the players that the little lar- larger base will. It's a, it was 15 inches in diameter, now right. 18. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I, I thought they were trying to, uh, you know, encourage more uh, base running and stealing because that's, that's the that's the aspect of the game that's missing. It's all you either walk, you strike out, or the guy hits a home run for the most part. You know, you don't, right. you know, it's just they need the old gas house gang <laughs> type yeah, of baseball. I, I, you're right. Uh, stolen, the, the steal is kind of a uh... Um, you know, gone by the wayside a little bit over the years, and made well a little bigger base. Never thought about that one x. It's a game of inches. Oh yeah. And guys are getting thrown out by inches, and now we're safe. So right. This could create more more guys taking an opportunity or a chance to steal base. Yeah, I love that part of the game, and you're right. It is it is walk or strike out, and wait for the two or three run home run. And yeah, um, it's just just not as fun. But I would love to take the shift. The shift is the shift is a great strategy because hey, you know what? If a guy's only going to hit it in one area, why not play there? But it's really taken, you know, a lot out of the game. Well, when you got a when you got a second baseman playing in short right field, you know, right. th- that's getting pretty ridiculous. All right, last. Well, I think it also maybe the hitter should be going the other way and learning how well, to hit the other that's way. That's true take, too. Take it, take advantage of it. Maybe hey, bunt, I'll push push a bunt to third if you're a left-handed hitter and everybody shifts. I know Matt Carpenter so. that that ruined his career. All right. Final question, LeBron James becoming the first player in NBA history with 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists. Kenny, that is a monumental uh, feat. Oh, yeah. Well, it's monumental. Greatest, greatest basketball players of all time. I mean, his size, strength, and awareness on the court. Just, I mean, he just is such a great player and does so many things that He's just a box score stuffer. I remember him coming up as a rookie and couldn't believe it that they threw a pass to him down court. He was the lead guy in the break. And instead of him taking the layup, he flipped it back to his teammate to take the layup. And I was like, wow, this guy's going to be that unselfish of a player. As a teenager that he's that unselfish, he's going to be a great player. And yes. Boy, um, yeah, he can do it all. That's uh, He's been fun to watch. And I'm still amazed. I'm still amazed. I thought when I first saw him at that age of 19 that he looked like he was 25, and I said, "Yeah, some birth, birth, birth certificate fixing going on here." <laughs> there hasn't been because now he's 37 and he's still playing strong as can be. So he's amazing. Now here's I get I just got to throw this in here because this is an old school kind of question. You know, during the Jordan era, he played against that Pistons team. If LeBron played in that era, do you think Bill Lambeer would stand there and try to take a charge? <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, with this guy coming down the middle, I don't know if Bill Lambert. I don't know if anybody stands in the way of 
the truck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, that that ends our podcast today. The the Sports and Us Sports Betting Zone podcast with Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com. We'll check you next week, folks. Thanks. <laughs>